how to deal with machine. Have you ever been? Have you ever talked to your device before? Did you ever get an answer back? Now, maybe if it was Siri, it might answer back. Like, you don't have to yell at me that away. You know, something like that, an answer back. But sometimes our devices can be divisive. And they can be <laughs> aggravating. And I just love it how that it's like we're in the world where you have got to get this upgrade. If you don't, then we're going to upgrade it for you. And when we do, it's going to slow down your device. But you've got to be upgraded. And you've got to go up. It's like this chase of device versus upgrade back and forth back and forth to finally I guess what it is my you know I don't know how my iPad is it it could be maybe what do you think it is Leah maybe about seven years I've lost track of years how old it's time for a new one okay it could be that it could be that and and the thing is I like using an iPad not because who oh, I've got an iPad but the fact that I can make the font large large and I don't have to put on my readers try and read to you but I want you to rest assured that why we put scriptures up on the screen is so people can read the word of God and know the word of God and what I'm preaching is the word praise God turn to your neighbor and say this is a special Sunday this is a special day that's the best way to phrase it this is a special day and it really is a very special day. I don't know if you, you there's, there's four reasons why it's a special day. Number one, it's Sunday. We get an opportunity to worship together. That makes it a special day. It's number one. Number two is, it's the date of today of 02-02-2020. February 2nd. To, uh, 2020 if you turn it backwards it's the same numbers that is only the last time that happened was 900 years ago so you must feel special today this special day in history that the date is today is is 2 2 2020 and so it is a special day then also Leah stole my thunder it is Groundhog Day that makes it a special day it is a national holiday. And, and, and so, so he may see a shadow today. They may say it's going to be early spring, but you don't know how it is around here sometimes. It could be 60 degrees one week, and then the next week we could have a foot of snow. So we just don't know. I'm just kind of hesitantly getting excited about the warm weather Monday and Tuesday, but I'm not going to let it go to my head. I got to convince myself it's still February. Then also, today, making it special, the fourth reason is that it's Super Bowl Sunday. Maybe not to some folks, it's not so special. Especially maybe if it's not because your, your team is not in the Super Bowl, but it is Super Bowl Sunday. So for those four reasons, it's a special day. And so everyone should feel special today on this special day. I happen to favor reason number one for it being a special day. It's Sunday. And I have a chance to worship with you. With all you great-looking people, turn to your neighbor and say, you're good-looking. You're in church. You can't lie now. <laughs> Not supposed to lie anyway. But what a beautiful group you are. And I thank God for you. I thank God for you and who you are and how important you are. And so, you know, I'd, um, 
how many here received the card, but then you also received the special gift today of the, of the football that is a stress ball. It's interesting that I had a hospitality member hand me mine and say, I picked out a real stiff one for you, Pastor. So it's, it's not as stiff as it was since before church got started. But, but yeah, I, I, I think they must think I'm stressed. But, you know, you grab that and squeeze that. So you're just going to remember us when you have this, this football. The children next door, they're, they're all, every one of them are going to receive one. We don't want anyone to be missed. And so you have a special stress ball today. Maybe you'll do it while you watch the game, if you do tonight, and, and while you're yelling at the team on the, on the television and giving them instructions as though you're head coach, maybe you'll just squeeze your stress ball and enjoy yourself. I'd like to share today something very important. And since we're talking about sport and spirit and teams, I want us to talk about, since we've been emphasizing on Jesus, that Jesus picks his team. That's why I want to preach about this morning for a few moments to you. I want you to say yes back to me if you're going to join in with me this morning and receive what I have to say. It all should be good news, okay? It's the gospel. It's good news. If you're going to agree with me this morning, will you just shout back with me when I count the three? I want you to shout back, yes. One, two, three. Yes. All right. Praise God. Now, if we just get you shouting amen like that, man, we're going to have church this morning. Praise the Lord. Let's pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we need your anointing, not only on a platform, but throughout this whole sanctuary. Represented today are so many different, a variety of complex needs and situations. If anything I've learned, Lord, is I have learned that people, we are a complex creature. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, God, but we, life itself brings so many turns and twists. So many times, we have to have and make important decisions. So many times we have to do things that create stress in our life. And we're searching this morning, God, for you to be the answer, for you to speak to us, God, and we need your spirit through your word to speak to us. Lord, we need you this morning so very much. Just touch us, anoint us, every one of us in this room, Lord, and those who may be watching. God, just anoint and minister by the power of the Holy Spirit, your spirit that has no boundaries and has no limits. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Do you remember when you were a kid, there would be time to play a game and it was time to pick the team members? You remember that moment? You know, I never was fortunate enough to be picked as the captain, but that's okay. I didn't need to be the captain. I just needed to be picked. And so as the captains were selected and they got up, whether it be for any game you could think of, all of a sudden they would start picking. How many here were usually the ones who were picked early on at the very beginning? Anybody here? Oh, I know. Don't let. Don't worry. You're not going to shoot your humility to pieces, okay? But were you that kid that sort of got picked early? 
at the very beginning. Nobody's raising their hands. Oh my goodness. We're going to have a, have a healing service of self-esteem this morning. I don't uh, yeah, uh, uh, there's one. God bless you. There's a few others. How about I, midway? You were kind of picked for in the middle there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and and those who were a lot of times like me picked that toward the end. Uh, but which is nothing wrong. It didn't damage me. Okay, but I do remember as a child how special I felt when they would point that finger, the captain would, and would say, Ronnie and call me by name and I would be selected to be on the team I'll never forget it always made me feel good even though I might have been number 10 out of 12 or number 11 out of 12 it didn't matter I still got picked even though it was narrowed down to four and I made it I was still one out of the four but I still got picked and I still was, was selected and the captain picked me and I was on the team. We're going we're gonna to be picking teams today. Actually, it's already been done. Jesus has picked a team and you're on it. Today we're going to look in the scripture about Jesus picking his team and what he picked us to do. In Mark, the book in the Gospel of Mark, we're going to be going to Mark. In the beginning of that book, I, you know, I'll set this down because I may be squeezing it while I'm preaching. Oh, maybe that's, maybe that, that might work. That might be a new move of having a stress ball while I preach. I'll just set that down. Maybe if I do that, I won't get as loud, you think? Maybe? <laughs> but in chapters 2 and 3 of Mark, there are five consecutive accounts of Jesus encountering opposition from the Jewish religious leaders. And the accounts end with these at the very end in chapter 3 of, uh, not the very end of the chapter, but in verse 6 of chapter 3, this opposition ended up in a, a conspiration or conspiring to kill Jesus in Mark chapter 6. But there's a transition that takes place. First, Jesus and his followers withdraw to a lake. Possibly it was in response to the threat, on the threat on his life. They had kind of pushed Jesus aside out of the temple and synagogue. So he moves to the lake and he does his work there out in the open air he takes it to the streets he goes really public and outward it, you know it's not just in the temple synagogue but he now is doing ministry out in the open by this lake and in the community streets Jesus knows he's going to die so he begins the, his process of passing the baton to carry on the message of the kingdom. And here's the account in Mark chapter 3, verse 7. We're going to go to 7 to 12 and just stay in that chapter. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard about all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea and the regions across the Jordan 
and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. For he had healed many so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. In these seven verses we read, Jesus withdraws to the lake and a large crowd begins to gather around him. You know, those, because he'd already done healings and miracles, they came from all the regions and the countryside and areas, and they came and they wanted him, they needed him, they sought him out, and, and then he, they come to him and he heals them, and, and, he, and he sets the captive free. The demons cry out and respond just in the presence of Jesus oh if the church could just God's people just get to that place in relationship with Christ that demons themselves I mean what would happen if demons out in Walmart started exposing themselves or or at the gas station or or at the workplace I'll tell you what happened well you might get some opposition about it but you're going to have a whole lot of happy people because they've been set free it's not the recognition of the demons that's so important what's so important is they get out of people and that people are set free and so Jesus ministry just begins to flourish grow and expand so much that he reaches a lake and he tells the disciples to get a boat so we can get in the boat because the people are pressing him too much and they can't hear what he has to say to them and so he ministers to them. He does miracles. He does wondrous things with people and healings and, and deliverance. And then the next six verses, starting with verse 13, Jesus moves from the lakeside with the crowd to a mountainside where he picks his team. In verse 13, Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those he wanted. And they came to him, and he appointed twelve that they might be with him. Oh, now, that's really important. I really want you to look at verse 14. Of course, at the beginning in 13, he's at the mountainside, called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. Let me tell you, Jesus wants you. Jesus wants you. That is so important because I think we misunderstand the love of God. We think the love of God is a love that we win, that we achieve, that we reach, that one day maybe there'll be this blissful, loving relationship with God if we do the right things, if we jump through hoops, if we go and do the religious thing as everybody tells us to do, if I'm just a good child, a good son, or good daughter, then God will love me, and then God will want me. Let me tell you, God wants you. Whether or not you've been good, or you've been excellent, or whether you've been perfect, whether you, whether, even if you've fallen, if you've messed up, if you're committing sin, God wants you. If you're living in sin, God wants you. Jesus wants you. 
that he wants to be with us. Now listen, there's a whole lot of this esteem stuff in Christianity. We're, so many times, sometimes worship songs can be all about us. God's going to show up because of who we are. But we want to show up where God is. We want to be where Jesus is at. He's on the mountain and we're going to climb a little bit higher so we might get with him. But our desire is to be with him, but he wants to be with us. And Jesus wants to be with you. Let me tell you, heaven is not a one-sided thing. It's not a big bunch of millions of people wanting to make it into heaven. But there is one God who is longing to be with the millions of people to be in heaven. How lopsided, how lopsided our occupation would be in heaven if we want to be there and he doesn't really want us to be there. It's kind of like having in-laws coming in and they bring extra suitcases when they come in to visit you. Oh, good to see you. Uh, kind of, yeah. How long are you staying? Well, there's going to be millions upon millions who are going to arrive in the rapture and those in heaven. And, and they're all that big crowd of saints, innumerable numbers of saints that have made it into heaven and go into heaven. And God is not out staying in his office because he doesn't really want to be around the people. No, he's going to be in the center of the city. He's going to be the light of the city. And his throne's going to be there. And he's going to dwell with his people. Why? Because he wants to be with you. Because he loves us. He loves you. Heaven's going to be a great time of celebration. God may very well tell the angels, you go and sing because I'm really happy. My people are here. Oh boy, that's right. The opposite of what the devil wants you to think. The devil wants you to think that God just puts up with you. You know, God just tolerates you. No, God says, I fellowship with you. I love you. Jesus says, I love you. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The shame. Because he wanted us to be with him. I'm just going to say this because I'm getting kind of to myself here for a moment. But to hear Jesus say, Ronnie... I mean, it's going to be great one day when I see my mom and my mom says, Ronnie Lee. And I hear her voice. I can hear it now. Ronnie Lee. Ronnie Lee, come here. Ronnie. Ronnie Lee, what are you up to? In Kentucky, you know, everything has a middle name, you know. Even their dogs have middle names in Kentucky. Yeah, my mom, my mom had a dog, a poodle, that kept, broke its legs twice because it got too excited and jumped up and down. Boy, what a great pet, I tell you. Invited my friends over to the house. I had to tell them, don't mess with the poodle. Leave, leave Penny Faye Henderson alone. Leave her, leave her alone. Don't, don't mess with her. Don't mess with her. And then they go and mess with her. And she's going, in the floor. And every time I'm getting the paper towel and have to clean it because that dog got too excited. You never were scared of its bite, but you were scared of what might happen once it gets, got upset. And got upset all the time. It's another story. I'm going back memory lane. I apologize. But you have your stories too. 
but the Lord wants us to be with him. Now, I got to get back on this because I want you, to, I want you to, to grab a hold of what the simple word is here. Verse 13. And Jesus went up on the mountainside and called to him those he wanted. And they came to him. He appointed 12, designated them apostles that they might be with him. Verse 14, it says, He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. Boy, there's three things there that he desired to have his disciples. He desired, he chose, he picked his team because they, he wanted them that they may be with him, that they may be sent, and that they may have authority over demons. I'm telling you, that's the formula for Christianity today. That is what America needs today. Is surely there may be an economic upturn and stocks are going up and things are kind of changing some in our country in the economic status. Don't you think it's time that things started going up in the Christian world, in the world of evangelism, in the world of reaching the lost, in the dark world, that there becomes a brighter, brighter, brighter light of Jesus and his team doing a ministry in this world. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I got to keep going. Verse 15, to have authority to drive out demons. Verse 16, these are the 12 he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to them gave he the name Boangeres. I think that's the way you say it, which means sons of thunder. I just always call them sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Here we have Jesus called a team through these verses of 13 through 19. Let me tell you, the Christian faith began with a group. A small group that banded together to follow Jesus. I want to do something out of the ordinary. Because sometimes, hey, we're church of God. We do things out of the ordinary. I, I'm going to ask someone to help me this morning. Noah, come on up here just for a minute. Stand right here, Noah, on the floor if you would. How many here like Noah? I mean, how many here like Noah? I'm going to build your self-esteem up there, buddy. Don't let it go to your head. But these people here love you. People here, if you love Noah, raise your hand. You're like, Noah, okay. Like, okay. Now I'm going to ask you to do something that might, oh, might make you have to get up out of your seat. But some of you need to get up out of your seat because you're about ready to go to sleep. So I want to help you a little bit this morning. I want, what I want you to do, Noah, I want you to just, how many here said you plotted, you carried on, and said, I love Noah, I care for Noah, Noah's, I, 
ideal guy. He's a shining example. He's a good-looking guy. He's talented, gifted, good preacher, all that good stuff. And and with all that, besides all that, he's married to Courtney. Yeah, okay. You like Noah. Uh, Noah, this is what I want. I want you to start walking. I want some of you people who really love Noah, whatever. I want you to just get up and just start. Noah, you just start walking. Let them just just walk in behind you. Just go on. How many here? Come on, get up. Get up. Some of you people can walk. Some of you get up. Get up. And how many here love you? Love Noah. Just, just start. Noah, just start walking around St. Joe. Come on, join in with them. Some of you are waiting for him to reach your spot. But join in. Just join. Come on. Oh, there were a lot more applause than that. Oh, come on, keep going. No, that's great. Just keep going. All right, going great. Going, going great, going great. Oh. Yeah, he's not even around sanctuary left. Look, just come on, he's picking up numbers. Oh, yeah, people loving him, caring for him, yeah. Going after Noah, that's kind of like following the leader. Here you go. Going up under. Come on. Come on around, yeah. Anybody else want to follow after, go after Noah? Yeah. This is good, isn't it? Then I got a point. Just hold on for a moment. Just keep on walking. Walk around. Come on up here. Go around. Come following the leader. Go around. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. Now, 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 okay, Noah, just kind of stop in that corner up, a far corner there. So everybody just kind of go and kind of bunch up here. That way everybody can kind of stop in one place and. We kind of gather, okay, yeah, yeah, look at that, look at that. Dude. Yeah, there's Noah, Noah's way up there in the front there, and everybody's walking and walking. And thank you all so much for participating. I want to thank you in advance in case I get wound up here and I don't thank you. But you kind of move up, you move a little closer. Noah, you like Noah, don't be afraid of him, don't be. You know, that's Noah, yeah, get, oh, well, good, let, uh, some of you can move up the other way, just move a little bit more toward the corner. Just kind of move, bunch up, bunch, go on up there. There's Noah there. He's he's up there. He's he's leading. He's going. He's going. In this demonstration, I want you to know Jesus didn't come to fly solo. That the Christian faith began with a group, a group that banded together. Jesus chose a team. He may have died alone at the cross, but he lived his life in community in a group. He surrounded himself with a dozen guys whom he shared every moment of life with roughly for three years. He didn't fly solo. The Christian faith began with the group, and none of his team followed Jesus alone. It is impossible to say that you're following Jesus and you follow him alone. He didn't do ministry alone. He was only alone at the time when they died on the cross, but there were still those who were there watching him. But the fact is, Jesus lived in community. We need one another. He wants there to be community. He wants there to be a group, and if you're going to follow him, you're not walking by yourself. You may have Jesus, but there, if I follow Jesus, I'm with you. If you're following Jesus, you're with him, and you're with each other, and this is why community is so important, because the church, our faith, Christianity began with a group and with community. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a clap offering of praise. You can find a seat now. Thank you so much, everyone.
You see what I mean? You can't follow Jesus alone. You can only do it together with other people who are following Jesus. Because there's many others who follow him. And you can't follow him alone. You follow after one another. I'm so glad that in the community I hear from Jesus, the head, but I also hear from the followers. I have those that are with me here on this earth that will encourage and help me and God will use me to encourage them and to help one another. Praise God that our faith is not a solo flight. Oh, you know, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going, that old song. It doesn't work anyway. It's not the truth. You and you got to do it Jesus' way. It don't matter about you. But when you follow him, you're going to run into a bunch of people who are following him also. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you came to this church, I hope you found other people who are following Jesus. And hopefully they, we will encourage one another. Now, this isn't a real football. If I had one, I thought I'd get one, but I didn't. Now, we won't run next door. We'll let that go. I'm not that desperate. But, you know, how many here played high school football? Raise your hand. Anybody here play high school football? They even had high schools back then. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. That was so, I didn't know, I wasn't looking at you. Someone else back there I was kidding around with. <laughs> you played school sports and high school football. You know, I wanted to play football and I didn't play, I should have. I used to practice throwing the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball as much as I could imagine me throwing the last few seconds of the game. Now, that's, that's every boy's dream is to throw the pass or catch the pass. And as you throw it far, a long pass, and you catch it or you pass it and they score the winning touchdown the last few seconds. And then we're so excited and, you know, sometimes we dream and you can spike the ball, you know. Hang on to that. That's a stiff uh, uh, stress ball. I need that. No. <laughs> But we keep throwing. I mean, you, anybody here that were quarterbacks, that played quarterback in high school football? Anybody? That's okay. You're still very important. But you can throw the ball. You can practice. You can practice. You can practice. You can practice. You can throw the ball in a tire in the backyard. Practice and practice and practice and practice. But then you realize no matter how you do that and how good you get throwing that ball between in the middle of the tire and getting accurate, getting good at this, really good at this, having a lot of heart, but you know you can't play football by yourself. We're in the game together. And it is a, it, it is a team sport. No one man can play football by himself. There has to be a team. And God's church, you, have been chosen by Jesus to be on his team. To get in the game. And not to sit on the sidelines. 
not to pretend and wonder and fantasize that one day maybe I'll get good. One, maybe one of these days I'll get good. You may go home as we've tried to emphasize this past few weeks on prayer. And, and if you got that reset book and, and, and you read that book by Bob Sorge as he begins to teach about 20 days challenge, 20 days of commitment, 20 days of 20 minutes of praying. He's wanting you to build a habit of continuing having a consistent prayer life. You can have a consistent prayer life. You can read the word of God at home and, and study and study and, and do this and that with that. And you can do those things alone and, and, and by yourself and build up and, and get skillful and get as great as you. But if you are not on the team, if you don't allow to be a part of the team, it's not valuing anybody, and you're not in the game. I want to be in the game. I got in this because I begin to realize Jesus really does change people's lives. I want to I want to go up to the mountain because he called me to go up. That's the what Jesus always does. He always raises us up. He always takes us to a higher place uh, and then he leads us. Listen, I'm thankful that he reached way below the bottom that day when he saved me, but I'm even more grateful that when he spoke to me and he called me to be a saint and a follower of him, he asked me to come up onto the mountain where he is so he can teach me, so I can be in his presence. That's what we've been trying to show you is that we need, first of all, as he told his disciples, he called them so that they might be in his presence, so that they may be with him. Let's get with Jesus. Let's, let's get with Jesus. And getting with Jesus is more than being at the public setting though it is a part of it. It's in your private life, our private life of our prayer and our Bible study and making Jesus Lord not only at church but at home and at the workplace and wherever we go, Jesus is Lord. And just begin to allow him to empower us because we get better the closer we get to him. But not only did he tell them and called them and picked them so they may get close to him he picked them so that once they got close to him then he would send them did you know that he might send them did, did you know that missionary the word missionary has a latin root and the latin root word for missionary is to be sent and so we are sent by him we have been enjoying his fellowship, but then he sends us to go with what we've received from him to share it with somebody else so that they might have the advantages we have to be on a team that wins and shall always win and be a part of a game where we can see the glory of God being revealed through us. God, how many here knows how great it is to pray with someone and see the Holy Spirit move on them? Maybe it's been at the workplace. I prayed for folks at the workplace. At the, I prayed for them in the hospital. I prayed for folks out on the sidewalk, out in the street, and to see the movement of the Spirit, to see what Jesus
Jesus has given to me to begin to move into the life of somebody else and I'll tell you what heaven come down and glory filled my soul because I walked away from that moment knowing that I've been in the Lord's presence and now I'm sharing what the Lord has given me ain't nothing like it honey ain't nothing like it you get used of God and you see God using you and he does want to use you because he's, he's picked you. Jesus has picked you. And he's going to send you. And see God work through you in the lives of people. There ain't nothing like it in the world. It's intoxicating. It's addictive. That's why I've been preaching for 40 years. 40 more years. Because there's something about seeing what the gospel can do in people's lives. There are times I've wanted to quit, but I can't quit. I'm so addicted to the glory of God and the glory of his word and the power of his spirit. I just can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to give it up. I, I don't know what happened to me. I pray to God I always keep my teeth. But if I lose them, and I passed away one day that if someone takes out my dentures, I hope they start clicking like this. Because it just can't stop, I'm telling you. You just can't stop. You can't quit. Some of you getting discouraged. Why are you discouraged? Because the devil wants you there. Jesus says, come on up to the mountain. Come on up to the place where you can commune with me and let me call you forth and empower you to cast out demons. Glory to God. Oh my. How many here have a testimony of your own? You know, you've seen, you've prayed with someone and you've seen God move. Oh my. Ain't nothing like it in the world. When you shared the gospel to someone and the good news of Christ and the Lord just spoke to you and you said something and when you walk away and say, where did that come from? And in amazement, you know it was God speaking through you. How many have ever experienced that? Oh, let me tell you. He wants to accelerate that. He wants to increase that. He wants it more and more in our lives. We serve him and love him. He says, I want you to be with me. I want to be with you. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you. You're going to be a missionary to the world. We are, America has become a mission field. We have a generation now who do not know who Jesus is and never heard of him. We have a generation now that has never opened up a Bible and never been to church. It has become a mission field where that we have allowed things to ooze into our culture and society through the White House, through the courthouse, and we've allowed things that were acceptable contrary to the Word of God, and someone would say, not in America, God-fearing America. Christian America, but it's here, it's, it's there. And we even have ideas that are rising up in the political circles that are so contrary to God. I'm saying, let's not make it all political. The only authority we have is spiritual. 
my citizenship, though I'm a citizen of America, I have my citizenship written in heaven. That's my destination. It's where God is. And I love him and I serve him and him alone. Though we pray for our leaders and we lift them up in prayer. That's, that's the Bible way. Don't be too critical. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. I've been critical of presidents and then I backed up and I thought about, wait a minute. I've never been one. God help America if I ever was one. You know? So I need to pray for those who have been elevated and lifted up. But you know what we really need to concentrate on? Things that are eternal. Things that are going to last forever. And we want people, how many here want everybody you know go to heaven? You are the missionary. You are the missionary. Send, that you could have so much power that you literally cast out demons. Now, if you got a friend you get in an argument with them, I would advise you not to lay hands on them and say, come out, devil. That wouldn't sit too well. But when you have power over the demons, power in wicked places, then as you begin to speak the name Jesus and you begin to speak the word of God, it will be penetrating. Demonic forces will back away. They may not demonstrate themselves with someone spitting out pea soup. But it may be someone receiving the word of God as you begin to speak. Someone's waiting for you to tell them. Somebody's waiting for you to tell them. So you're sent. Missionary. For the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's gathered us together. So that we might go out. How is your prayer life? How is your devotion life? How is your relationship with the Lord? I'll tell you what the Lord says. Hey, I'm up here. Won't you just come on up? And on the way, you're going to grow. And you're going to know me more. Because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I don't aspire to be like a man like Billy Graham, though he was a good man. I don't aspire to be the man like the general overseer of the church of God. I don't aspire, though I love him greatly, Tim Hill. But I aspire to be like Jesus and to be like him. And I know those men would say the very same thing, to be like Jesus, to move and get into his place. For you know what? Jesus has pointed his finger and said, I choose you. I pick you, I pick you, I pick you, I pick you, I pick you back there. I pick you, I pick you. Back in the corner there, the bearded one, I pick you. Well, there's more than one bearded one now, so I, <laughs> I pick both of you. Yes, you, the bald one, I pick you. I'll not go any farther than that. There'll be a big army of thick people. I, I pick you. I pick all of you. Jesus has picked us so we might be with him and that he might send you out.
I believe God's speaking to some of you and saying, you know what, there's more than what you got right now. There's more than what you got right now. And there's more to receive and more to have and possess so that you might go out, so that you might share the gospel. Follow the leader. When you do, you're going to find a whole crowd with you. And we can lock arms together and believe God and know, know that God's got great things in store for us. I'd like for, the, like for all of us to stand. I'd like for the worship team to come.